It's the world according to Kyle podcast, everybody. TWA2K listeners, how's it going? What's good? Is it all good or is it just as good as it gets? You don't have to answer me. I'll be doing this a lot, asking you questions in order for me to uh, answer them as they pertain to myself. So, how was your weekend going? Mine? Um, it's been going the same as the past 52 weeks prior, pretty much, uh, since the whole COVID uh, shenanigans started. My weekends are very similar, very similar, weekend in and weekend out. Basically, exactly the same. One thing that I learned about myself is that... Uh, I'm not, uh, I won't have any problems with drinking. I don't think that I'm a, uh, <clears throat> that I'm, I have any uh, fear of sliding into uh, alcoholism, let's just say. Uh, I've discovered that I am completely and utterly a social drinker, that getting smashed is something I do while I'm around groups of people. It's not something I just want to sit and dwell in my and despair <laughs> and loneliness and boredom uh so that's good to know i guess uh i won't have to uh, one thing i won't have to worry about uh sliding into uh addiction with because uh yeah drinking is can be uh quite the expense if you're uh, a functioning alcoholic basically and needing to get that buzz i on the other hand no desire to uh get drunk unless it's trying to loosen up in front of a crowd or uh at a bar or um you know with somebody you're hanging out with all things which i am not doing (laughs) at the moment then uh i just don't see any real point in it so it's less the uh it's less the uh, desire to drink than it is the uh, uh, wanting to enhance the environment and uh, and get the feel get get the feeling uh, at a certain at a, at a certain point in time when no the circumstances are correct. I love doing karaoke, by the way. Karaoke is my thing whenever... uh, I don't even need to be around people (laughs) or hanging out or, like, with anybody. Just go and hop around to a few bars that are doing some karaoke. Wail it out a couple times uh, while you're in the middle of your bar hop. I always find that's pretty good. But, um... I guess this weekend was a little bit different in the sense that uh, I did see a um, a live concert. Well, it wasn't live, but it was uh, the first time it had aired uh, from a band called uh, Portugal the Man. They had um, they had uh, um, streamed to YouTube this session they did in uh, December of. Uh, 2008 uh, after they released their first three albums which was uh, really cool it's just a live jam session of uh of them uh doing their early material and as much as i uh rail on um music that is bad uh modern music that is bad which there is a lot of uh, I will give credit where credit is due, and um, Portugal the Man, they're just one of those bands that uh, 
perfectly integrate like um, lyrics, instrumentals. They sound modern uh, without giving up like the good things about like strumming away on a guitar or uh, having like a sick uh, uh, instrumental solo or wailing away on the microphone and using um, using metaphors that. Uh, it's just there uh, as much as like we don't have those sort of like really top end uh high high produced good quality music if you do your digging you can definitely find some stuff that's uh comparable if not better and really shows the um advancement uh that music has undergone um in, in the past little while so that was great to watch uh, the portugal the man organ sessions um if you're a fan of theirs i definitely recommend uh checking checking it out it was uh quite a good session and i was i was watching it when they did it when they did it live i can't wait for them to um come to toronto again uh a little bit of a bittersweet time the last time that uh I ended up seeing them. It was uh, I heard they were playing at a festival, and uh, the festival was in downtown Toronto. And I'm just like, oh, sick! Portugal, the man. They're <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be there. I was like, I better go. So got my tickets. Like, uh, uh, but there was like a ton of other bands there. So I, you know, I uh, figured out when Portugal the Man was coming on uh, on stage and made sure I had a uh, had a good um, a good uh, uh, view of the of the uh, of the stage was close enough to uh, you know get in any <laughs> get in any pits <laughs> if a pit pops off no but portugal the man's really not that uh, not the type of mosh pity type of band they're more spiritual uh, psychedelic uh, rock with electronic and alternative they're a really nice blend of uh uh of all of all of those things they're a nice ma- uh, mashup of all those things with just incredible lyrics to uh uh to to serve as like a backdrop i know everybody like has only heard them for their um uh feel it still the 1986 song but uh like they have like five albums of like you know mostly packed with great songs all the way before uh the newest album Woodstock came out so yeah I was um I was at this uh I was speaking back to the uh concert that I was at the festival I was at sorry um uh Port- so Portugal the man was playing third last and uh they only were given half an hour so they had to be off the stage uh after like 35 minutes they were <laughs> calling them off the stage and like nobody wanted them off the stage like they were just crushing it and after that the next two bands that like that were on next no offense like they were not even like like close to as as great as uh portugal the man was like uh one of them was breaking benjamin and one of them was a tribe called red okay you know they have a couple good song good songs each but like they just have a couple hits that's it like portugal the man could have played out there for like two and a half hours (laughs) they just whatever uh however they decided to organize the uh 
the uh, um, who was playing uh, and the the way the time was spaced out was just incredibly foolish uh, in my opinion. So basically, I paid like a hundred dollars to like watch Portugal the man play live for <laughs> like half an hour. Gee, thanks. And that was it. I was, after that, like you can't, <laughs> like I, for me anyway, you can't top like seeing Portugal the man. Like I just had to fucking, uh, I, I had to take myself out of the situation. And I'm just like, like, you know, what am I gonna do? Just like watch like such a amazing band, and then I'm gonna like rock out to like Breaking Benjamin after. No thanks. <laughs> and no offense to Breaking Benjamin or Breaking Benjamin fans. That's just how I feel, yo. <clears throat> but uh I'm a different I'm a little bit of a different variety. I'm uh I'm a little bit of a generational tweener. Uh like I was born in 86 and uh I feel like I'm at the tail end of uh Gen X and the ta- uh, tail beginning of uh of uh millennials. So it's like <laughs> I'm I'm kind of stuck in the middle here. Like I'm, I'm I see I see the good in uh, in in both sides, and like uh, I'm I'm not completely uh, one or the other. Like uh, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, that I can't stand about about both of them. But I feel like around that time, like the babies, eighty seven, eighty six, there was kind of like a. Uh, <sighs> some kind of cultural change where um a lot of the kids uh like started getting into like uh hip hop was more uh mainstream and was like viewed as like the uh default like mainstream uh music to uh, to listen to and it just kind of took took over where there wasn't that uh uh, there wasn't that insurgence of like good modern um, rock and stuff that really spoke to uh, the spoke to y- uh, younger kids the way like uh, the way that Gen X in uh, grunge and in uh, um, metal and like Metallica and stuff like that uh, how that happened we did uh, I don't think there there was anything uh, like that and it was kind of like a um, uh, a switching of changing of the guard and that's kind of uh when millennial culture came came into in into being i think so it's kind of weird being on uh on both sides of <laughs> uh, uh, of the equation but uh that's kind of what i'm used to i mean like i've always been the type of person where i'm i was always too uh jockey for the nerds and too nerdy for the jocks like i i was always kind of a tweener (laughs) in that in that sense where you know it's like uh you know you could wax poetic about technology but you know you also see the value of like you know pumping iron and uh, uh and running fast and in playing sports and stuff like that ultimately i uh think you have to kind of be more one or more the other but uh you know i'm having fun straddling the (laughs) straddling the line right now and uh you know sometimes you sometimes a little more a little more one and sometimes a a little more uh the other depending on um whether the situation uh 
dictates it or not i think ideally uh i would like to be a little more in kind of my workout uh jock mode but uh the situation is kind of uh preventing uh me from doing so and uh partaking in the uh physical activities that i'm normally uh used to so uh that's that kind of sucks but um it was an opportunity for me to, uh, you know, sharpen my swords in uh, in, in the abstract and uh, and you know allow me to kind of map out trying to get um, podcasts out, which I am doing right now, as promised. My uh, second podcast. So this is number two. Uh, I enjoy everybody who's here for the early, uh, <laughs> the uh, early stages of TWA2K. So uh, congratulations! Uh, you know you're you're really buying the dip right now. <laughs> you're 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 buying the dip right now. Where uh, I <laughs> I understand that um, my. Um, quality my podcast isn't going to be up there right away um but i do listen back and um i'm getting into the process of learning how to uh master and uh uh, and learning how to fine tune all the aspects of uh uh, of a podcast to make it better and i'm gonna keep growing at that week after week the last one i just kind of wanted to get out there a because the Super Bowl was happening and a lot of it was talking about uh, um, the Super Bowl in the sports section anyways uh, by the way stay tuned uh, TWA2K sports is coming up after the regular the world according to Kyle episode so yeah uh, the Super Bowl is coming up and a lot of it was Super Bowl uh, oriented content so I wanted to make sure that uh, I got I got that out there and that um it was a bit choppy i could have uh edited it better but i'm learning on the fly i don't have a jamie yet (laughs) how many uh how many subscribers someone comment below do you know it will take for me to be able to afford my own jamie that would be (laughs) that would be really nice or who knows maybe i'll just become my own jamie and not have to uh not have to worry about any of the uh <laughs> doling out some uh, coin to pay out to somebody but yeah we're going to get there guys hang on tight we are going to get there we're going to get videos uh we're going to get we're going to get backdrops we're going to get we're going to get all that okay just just let's just deal deal with uh deal with the choppiness for a little while i mean like you know so don't nitpick too much at the start but i'm doing 12 episodes this year i think by the time um next year i want to do two episodes per month again realistic goals setting rates that i should be able to that i should be able to hit and taking the time to analyze like how uh how it's going uh while while i'm doing it so yeah by the time um i'm i'm ready to rock on uh two episodes uh per month i think i should have um a well i'll be uh better at at uh at speaking and coming coming up with topics and uh having uh a set uh sections and um things that uh things that we can uh go after 
go after but uh yeah it'll be all a work in progress i do have a really good camera so i can start um i can start doing this uh having a video form of this i know like i follow a lot of podcasts and they and a lot of people times people will complain about uh not having the video format which i mean that's never been a factor for me in determining whether or not i end up listening to a podcast like if they have a video good that's all right but like you know uh (laughs) i can always like open up another window and you know if you need to see some visuals just have some uh have some visual like stuff like going going by like it's not that it's not that big of a deal for me uh it's never been a deciding factor in whether uh or not i am listening to a podcast and i so i know some people might be a little more particular but uh i guess that's a choice you make you can uh either have uh uh, have somebody who's speaking well about uh, about all the things uh, around you, or you can you want to listen to some super produced uh, podcast with uh, you know some weeb uh, telling you what his favorite manga is, then go for that. If if you need <laughs> if you need the visual stimulation, then go for that. Just you know, let you guys know that. Uh, you know we're gonna get there eventually but we have we actually have things to talk about in the meantime we have a insane world that we're living in right now and i don't know if we're going to get out of it as soon as we think i think there's a lot of optimism for uh, us getting back to normal uh and i just I don't want to. I don't want to say it's not possible, but I, as of right now, I do do not see the uh, the collective uh, mental framework in mind that uh, for this to be able to work really at the dates that we're expecting it. Eh, I do not think so. I think that there's a little too much uh, optimism uh, going around uh, about how the vaccine rollout uh, will go. (laughs) And um, I know a lot of people who straight up will not take a vaccine. Okay, so that those are people that I know that just will not do it. Um, How many of those people are there? I don't know how many of those people's uh, minds are going to change um you know how uh, how long will that take to get through the system i think by saying that uh saying that this is just straight up gonna be uh that uh we should have life back to normal in september of this year maybe is a bit more of a long shot than i think uh we're willing to admit at the time and um the one thing that i don't get though is like the uh vaccine uh, skepticism like me personally i would rather prefer to have the um mrna vaccines by um uh by pfizer and um what's the other one i think astrazeneca does theirs also and moderna so definitely i would prefer to have uh to to have that but i mean 
if there's uh, no side effects and uh, and we're going to get this out of the population and our, have the economy running back to nor- normal uh, soon, like, uh, you know, here's a one here's a one group of people that uh, if you're if you have like they said they had uh, adverse side effects for um, uh, for the vaccine if uh, it would people with severe allergies. So that's one group of people that I think like maybe you would uh, you would want to be um, a little more hesitant to get it. And maybe if we don't need people with severe allergies to uh, get vaccinated, if we can get this through the system uh, without uh, without uh, getting those people vaccinated and putting those people at risk for uh, a, a negative reaction to the vaccine, if we could do that without if without doing that then that's fine that just decreases uh decreases the probability of death from as a result of uh uh the vaccines <laughs> but like i think like the skepticism like especially about the mrna ones is uh unwarranted uh it just like you aren't actually getting the um the virus inside of you uh, what it's doing is it's creating a protein that mimics the uh, that mimics the structure of the of the virus, and your body's immune system uh, learns to recognize it, and uh, your cells attack it, and and just you uh, it beca- your body's immune system becomes uh, more resistant to uh, structures that look the way this uh the same virus that operate the way the the virus does so for the for the skepticism like uh i understand that that it's there and you have your own free will and i'm not even saying that you shouldn't uh that you shouldn't uh decline it because i'm i can't know what's best for you but I just think that we're just being a little optimistic on uh, on the time frames that it's going to take. I think maybe it won't take till I think maybe 2022 will uh, by the time summer 2022 rolls around, we will be all right. And that's my prediction. I hope that I'm wrong. <laughs> Please let, let me be wrong. Let me let, let me be wrong about this. But um yeah, to say that it's just like okay, everything's just gonna open up fucking um, by then. So if things are hinging, if you're really hinging on um, things being uh, close to normal by then, <clears throat> I wouldn't. If uh, I, but if I had a business, I would have definitely sold it all <laughs> a long ass time ago. So uh, yeah, but I mean, I can hope. Um, you know, I'm hoping that uh, people will <clears throat> will do the will do the right thing and uh that this can be <clears throat> over with a little a little sooner because you know in my own selfish interests uh tame impala is coming and doing a concert in toronto in october so <laughs> i uh have tickets from that from their last t- uh canceled uh concert so uh if i could see that hey i would be uh, i would be ecstatic but i'm definitely not counting on it i'm definitely not counting on it that's for sure so you know what 
watching old Simpsons episodes is making me feel kind of dumb <laughs> because, uh, like, I understand that I was young when these were happening, like, you know, 1994, like, uh, like I was, I must have been like seven or eight then, but like, you're watching it now and you're watching episodes that were on like, uh, in that time and you're just like, damn, these were really great. Like, why did I not like the, like the Simpsons more? But, uh, I, I I don't know. I just watch them now, and I like all the jokes are like, wow, they're very even uh, relevant for uh, for today. But you know, I guess Simpsons just kind of uh, uh, Simpsons didn't develop at the right time with me, and then it started kind of uh, looking old when uh, I was I started to uh, grow up. So then, like, it kind of transitioned to South Park at that time. So. <laughs> But, yeah, here's another thought I have um, on uh, kind of TV entertainment. It's like we need to make sure that sci-fi movies uh, are set, that are set, quote, at some point in the future, are setting it really far ahead so that we stop looking so stupid. (laughs) Uh, There's 2001 A Space Odyssey and 2047 Blade Runner. And the futures that they depict are not even anywhere close to uh, what they thought they would be at the time. I don't know if there was supposed to be like a uh, interpretation of what you think the future would be like, but I say... Just add 500 years onto it just to be safe. (laughs) Like the times pass from these movies and then you kind of like are watching, uh, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey. You're like, fuck, we're nowhere near that. (laughs) And it's it's honestly depressing. It makes it even more depressing than uh, uh, than it than it should than it should be seeing um, uh, like the years that are just so fucking out out of whack and are just like we could be here right now but we're not <laughs> and then it just it just just add add 500 years just in case you're gonna if you're gonna say we're in the year uh 3000 say it's 3500 just you, we're looking way too dumb at this point. Humanity is looking <laughs> like way too dumb. We are like eons behind where the where these movies thought we uh, ha- had the potential to be. We're nowhere even close, and it just is. It just looks awful at this point. So to all you movie creators, you know, in the in the near future, just as a as a rule of thumb, just slap five hundred years onto that baby. Okay, let's do it for me. Another thing about movies is that though I do like these movies, the concept of uh, what is happening in them is completely dumb. And I don't want to say that I like all of the movies about it, but I do like they. I do find, generally speaking, that they provide better movie experience than most. And that's the concept of zombies. Now, zombies as a concept are stupid for the following reason. It's that the zombie eats the people. 
Like they crave eating people and brains, but when they come back to life, somehow they only have a couple scrapes on them. Well, what happens honestly like a zombie all of a sudden it just stops wanting to uh wanting to cannibalize the person and then after that it just it just stops eating them and then you get whatever you have left or it just it just makes no sense because the because the concept of zombies is that they just crave uh flesh they don't crave like what they, after they infect you then they stop becoming like uh uh they stop wanting to like eat you it's just kind of silly if you think about it unless it's like some uh virus and but what attracts them to you is does them the concept of them uh uh eating you right because you know they want brains they're hungry right but they st- they just eat you they just take a little they chew a little so they get a little chew they get a little chew and then and then they're done and then they're done and then you become the zombies like no they have hordes of zombies especially in these new movies that are just tearing the fuck out of (laughs) the person and then and then all of a sudden that person what the pieces come of them come the scrapes of them come back together and like I, I don't think anybody has addressed that really and the concept after uh, thinking about it kind of makes <laughs> zombie movies seem seem a little ridiculous but uh, it's like any movie if it's done well it's done well and uh, and I'll watch it but uh, most things are not done well me personally I was not a fan of The Walking Dead I call it uh, I call it a zombie soap opera because there's uh yeah it's just soap opera drama happening inside of like uh, a zombie movie and by the way okay what the fuck type of show has a boomer named negan and a guy who is like five years old named carl (laughs) like (laughs) that alone is just like boggles my mind when i'm when i'm watching it like that should be the reverse pretty much and uh yeah it's okay i mean it's okay if you just like to watch things and pass the time and stuff like that no not hating on it for that but something needs to be really uh captivating and great for um me to be able to just sit down and and watch it like think about the life you're wasting just fucking watching shit like watching people pretend to do other shit like it's a lot (laughs) and especially if we're talking about binge watching a uh tv series with like close to uh 10 seasons like fuck let's like we'll say less five hours per uh per season like come on like we're (laughs) like we're you know you're getting uh you're getting like what like 25 25 to uh, 50 hours of uh, of just uh, spending time just you know getting visually stimulated it has it has to really be something that's uh, captivating for me to um, for me to really get into it and uh, watch it that's why often I don't watch uh, movies in the theater I like hate the uh, I hate going to a movie theater and paying that sort of money to uh watch a watch a movie that you don't know if it sucks or not and it sucks so 
that's I need to see a lot of uh, good reviews and like not just you know a lot of people liked it, but like some really you know in depth like shit that really makes me think like okay this is this is a good movie to see because I'm done with that I'm done wasting wasting money watching crap to get like visually stimulated there's so many other uh better things that uh you could be doing uh with your time like you know learning a skill or uh or um learning a trade or uh uh, exercising like you you know know, read reading uh, studying um some uh university subjects like anything anything like you can be doing that or you can be just mindless entertainment and you know not to say that uh, not to hate on uh, uh, anything that falls into the category i'm disparaging right now but uh you know that's just me that's how i'm wired that's uh uh and uh you know i'm a different uh i'll say (laughs) from uh, from other people but that's just uh that's just that's just how how i do so uh yeah take it with a grain of salt (laughs) yeah you know you you do you that being said um you know i really kind of what movie i really wanted to see that i seen a uh preview for was uh the uh coming to america 2 sequel it's finally a movie that will make me feel proud about pretending to be black (laughs) eddie murphy was a shit though i mean you can't really uh hate on that um eddie murphy just tore it up like he tore it up so much that they needed four kings of comedy just to equal what he did in raw and delirious like delirious was fucking fantastic you knew like Eddie was about to tear it up in Delirious, you know. You co- <laughs> Eddie comes out fucking wear- wearing like that that red leather, red red leather walking around <laughs> like he, he knew he was just about to fucking wreck shit. Like <laughs> it's like oh man, like Eddie in Delirious, man. Like it's hard to watch comedy nowadays because like the the comedy that we had back then, like you know fucking dice clay fucking uh eddie murphy george carlin bill hicks uh sam kennison like you're not competing with that now like the the you just can't like man like just it's not it's not happening we're not producing comedy at that level everybody has to be too uh pc and uh and uh worry about uh exactly not offending the which groups they uh are in the are winning the uh you know offense popularity uh offended popularity contest and you just have to like that's not a that's not a way to uh produce great comedy that's not an environment in which you can uh in which you can produce great comedy even even if you're trashing the um, the powers that be, and even if you're trashing the PC culture, because you have to come at it with the uh, you have to come at it from a, um, a, a certain angle of uh, respect for it now, because it can completely ruin your career, <laughs> uh, as we have seen in uh, in in many cases. So. 
So it's not it's not like you can just like pretend that it isn't there. You have to acknowledge that it is that it is there and uh and you just can't uh you can't disparage it or it forces you to uh uh to give it respect if you're trying to disparage it in such a way that it just uh, anytime comedy is under more um ideological or intellectual restrictions it's it's never it can never be as good as comedy that's uh more free to um to say whatever it wants and that's just the truth of the matter that's uh that's something we can't avoid right so hopefully things start to change but uh, uh it, it doesn't seem like it in uh, at least in the near future, maybe, hopefully, long term, uh, long term, it might be a little bit better. But um, yeah, we'll see. All I know is that uh, all I know is that the comedy um, back then, the comedy back then is definitely that's got a leg up on us right now. That's that's definitely uh, beating us. If <laughs> if we're keeping score, that's that's one for uh the 80s i guess <laughs> now um i am a pot smoker uh like why i said before um like how uh how about about my drinking and about not being uh, addicted uh, to drinking um i think uh i think pot is a bit different and that um uh I think pop pot is getting a bad rap, but I kind of understand why. Like for me, I can smoke and not have it like cripple me and just have it like almost like a, a stimulant of sorts. Like uh like it makes me anticipate doing things. Like uh you know, it's like where you're kind of getting grogged down by the minutia of the day and of the boredom of day to day life. It makes just that doing those things seem a little more enter a little bit like less boring than they would normally be for me i guess like do uh, yeah, you know doing things that you're just like in such a uh a, a, a trance uh in and doing things that you're such uh uh that you're so like used to doing and like kind of finding um uh finding like uh, uh like entertain finding it entertaining and finding it uh more st more stimulating doing those uh doing those activities that you do uh, all the time and are normally bored by i find that uh <laughs> that it, uh pot can help uh enhance those things and make you feel less um bogged down like uh uh by by what's going on now the issue with pot is where people are uh are using it to and it's let it and they let it kind of take over them like <clears throat> if i have things that i want to do with my life and pot is uh preventing me from do from doing those things then that's an issue <laughs> then uh that then that's a problem and that's something uh that 
that I'd have to I'd have to look at. And I understand that like my way of uh, doing things is different than most. Like most people like uh, um, allow things to control them a little bit more. I just kind of view it as like uh, pot for me. It just enhances uh, the things that I'm doing. I don't go too out of board, uh, too overboard when I'm spending on it. If I don't get it for a day or two, that's fine too. Like, it's not like the be all and end all, like I need, I need to have it. <clears throat> and I know some people where, uh, they do have to, they are functioning potheads, so to speak. And it's just like any other, uh, any other addiction. And, you know, like, a guy comes home to, uh, you know, his uh, kids and wife driving him crazy and takes, you know, he uses uh, like his half a joint, smokes half a joint. Like, despite the fact that, you know, maybe uh, maybe he's addicted to it, is that really bad? Like, it's definitely better than getting drunk. But just because the, just because it is better than getting drunk, it does not necessarily mean that... Uh, it's good. It's good for you, or that you're living a productive life, or that, uh, or, or or that you wouldn't be better if you just fucking put the uh, put the uh, joint down uh, for a little bit and seeing kind of what you would do outside of it and do that. That's what I suggest for 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 anybody. Now I know withdraw in physical uh, addiction and physical uh, being physically addicted to something can be hard, but I think you I think it it's good to th let things not have control over you. And um, for anybody who feels like maybe they're stuck in that sort of rut or that they maybe that uh, they might they might not be. Um, living up to uh their potential i would give that a try if, if you're smoking pot all the time just give it up for a month a by the time that month is done you'll get a lot more high and then you won't have to spend as much on weed and shit um so that's a benefit and then you'll just kind of see the things you're doing while you're not high and where your mind is going to and um the and the types of things that uh that you're into while you're while you're not while you're not smoking and then if if these are vastly different from the things that you're doing while you are smoking then maybe i would look into i would look into cutting cutting back but you know for me, it's like the, you grew up with the pup, the pumping iron with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You ever watch the pumping iron? Like you know, he would smoke joints before and after uh, uh, workouts and stuff like that. And it's just uh, to each your own. Everybody processes uh, this stuff differently, and everybody has a different. Uh, different body and different uh quirks about it and i just find that um for me that it's not it's not dramatically it doesn't dramatically affect what i do on a day-to-day -day basis and uh been without it been with it but i think that's in the more might be more in the framework of the fact that uh addiction doesn't seem to be a that i don't get addicted to things the way that i know my friends in the past uh 
have, have like physical addictions uh, to things and um, you know it's it's not good it's not good for uh, it's not good for anybody to uh, have that but I tend to think that um, a lot of times it's probably more choice than uh, people would like to admit or they would say you know they would say it's an addiction but but it is but it is a choice type of thing and I'm all, all for trying to uh, trying to do things fi- find it inside of yourself uh, to to do the things you have to do before going to an alternative uh, or getting some help in in a certain area. Now there's no shame and there's no, nothing wrong with it, but it's always best to know that you have control over yourself that your body is your temple and that uh in that you have com- you have that shit on lock <laughs> so to speak but uh yeah no not trying to not trying to hate on anybody i got lots of friends that are that are like that and you know for them uh, uh for them it's cool and uh and you know i would never disparage anybody for needing something to get them through uh to get them through life because life is hard (laughs) it is very hard and we often um think too much like people to can be supermen and superwomen just let's just focus on just being good people how about that and then if you want to be superman or try and be superman then go go for it go uh, have fun <clears throat> oh yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. Let's do a quick story here. Um, this was uh, must have been like a month ago, over a month ago. Uh, you know, like the like these delivery services, right? I'm uh, not gonna mention which one, but had an experience with one that definitely made me quit it and i haven't uh i haven't really been back since okay so i was ordering something from um a restaurant that was uh seven minutes away okay so it was a fast food place not gonna lie i'm not proud of it but i wanted a cheap fast food meal i was hankering for (laughs) I, i was hankering for some uh greasy 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 eatings so uh so i i uh book online at this uh, delivery uh company i i booked what i wanted to eat all right so they tagged the driver and the driver said 23 minutes to the restaurant okay so okay it's fine so the driver goes and he ends up at the restaurant so the the countdown says he's seven seven minutes away from reaching me okay so i'm ready for him it looks like he's in the drive-thru or something because it's kind of slowed down at the place so so i'm waiting for him and then instead of going south towards my towards my place he goes uh he goes uh west he, he starts going west and then the time keeps going up instead of down it goes like up it's like 11 12 13 fucking all the way to 23 minutes that's how far out east he's driving 
That was 23 minutes out in the out of that exact wrong direction after he just fucking uh, was at my store. <clears throat> so I I go back. Uh, he comes back to the to the restaurant that my uh, uh, that my order was at, and then it, f- it says again eight seven minutes. So he goes comes back towards seven minute drive down towards me. And gives me my fast food. And by that time, it was just... Not, it, being lukewarm was a over-exaggeration. It wasn't cold, but... Because I keep it heated. heated. Uh, but, I mean, like... I'm ordering fast food. That's not something... And you have to uh, tip, tip the driver ahead of time. So, I don't know what kind of service I'm getting. Why do you have to tip the driver ahead of time? You tip the driver ahead of time before they, before you, so I just gave him a good tip for him to drive fucking uh, five kilometers out in the wrong direction and then come back and then give me my food, fast food that he could have just dropped off right then and there. Are you fucking kidding me? So needless to say, that got a down rating and uh, I wasn't too happy about that. And uh, then... A fucking uh, a, a week later, um, I was I was getting um, I was ordering through a different delivery service. This time, this this time uh, I I had an order. The driver came through. Everything drops it off. Okay, I go and pick it up, and I notice that something is missing. So. I had the thing opened and I had the uh, app open from when the driver left and I do not close it until after <clears throat> until after I have reviewed everything and make sure everything is there and in in uh, in its uh and in that I didn't get gypped on my meal basically before I close any windows so I uh, I look inside my uh, my bag and it's like oh wait something's missing so I go and I report that they have a little question mark box this is from a different delivery company by the way two different delivery companies okay this is the second one the so the de- so the delivery company has this question box and I click it uh, after uh, like they uh, after your says your order has arrived so I click it it's like what was there an issue with your order yes uh, something missing there's an item missing yes like and it asked me what was missing from uh, your order I clicked on what was missing <clears throat> then. I, uh, it said they was, would text me a, um, a code, uh, to apply the, uh, discount for what I, for the item that it did not give me. All right. So I, good. I, I get the text. Good. Plug it into the system, hit enter and it's loading, it's loading. And I'm like, good. Okay. That's it. I'm done. Uh, it's on, it's on, it should be on. I go, I watch some YouTube videos and, uh, and pass out to pass out, uh, and shut everything down. So I, uh, the next week was when I use that delivery service next. And, uh, so I go to, uh, uh, to use a delivery service and there's no discount that's being applied to, uh, to my order. 
I try to text somebody in the chat box and I say, hey, where, where's my discount? And they say, oh, hey, here. They send me an email saying, call, the, call this number with this, uh, with this ticket no, uh, number for your, uh, uh, your complaint, your order. So I go and I use that and I get on board with customer or get on the line with customer service. And then uh, I'm just like, oh, hey, so uh, we're, I don't have a discount right now. For, and it said it was giving me a discount because I reported an item missing. And she says, so uh, when did you do it? A week ago. I was like, well, why didn't you figure? I did all the I did all the all the steps that they told me to do in order to receive it. And how do you not have how do you not are you not how was that not recorded and it's like oh well she asks like oh well you did you take a picture of it or something so what am i supposed to fucking like go and videotape like every fucking uh every like little interaction i have online just to have some video evidence that it did actually go through i got a text from your system say saying that to, uh, to enter this into uh, into the uh into the app in order to uh in order to get the discount applied she's like oh well i can't do anything with that Are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me this is how you uh operate your customer service uh business i'm not even trying to rip you off I'm, I'm just trying to get what get what uh i rightfully deserve because a fucking item didn't show up uh didn't show up last time so this is uh this is what you deal with uh with delivery services now and uh needless to say i'm not too uh, i'm not too happy about it i'm not too happy about it at all if we're sitting here pretending like uh, technology is um, advancing things, like uh, I don't know, that's not that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like an advancement for uh, what you pay. Like it's especially during the pandemic, it's convenient to uh, to pay for these uh, delivery services, so you don't have to go inside of a bus. And you're uh, <laughs> and the thing is, I do tip well. I'm a, I'm a good tipper. Like I, I feel like. Uh, did you guys see that video um, online where there was this um, <clears throat> Canadian kid with? Uh, he had like a the the bull tattoo piercing between his like septum or 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 whatever. Like the ones that like you see on like the bull, like the area of the nose that the bull has it through. So he had one of uh, those things. I don't know if you've seen it, but he was like complaining, like he did, he didn't get uh, enough of a tip to cover the um, the fee that he had to pay to get inside of the uh, the guy's um, condo area or whatever. Like they made him pay uh, a fee to like access the uh, parking facilities where the where um, the guy was located. So he, he basically had to pay fucking two dollars and didn't even get a tip from the guy. This <coughs> is ridiculous. Okay, Canadians are shitty tippers. Okay, and I kind of I semi understand it, but I don't. I mean, the government restricts what we are able to make, uh, yes, and um, the government provides a lot of social safety nets, yes, but, like, these are jobs that people need to do, they are jobs that we need to have, they are essential for our, uh, uh, our daily survival, 
okay? And the thing is, I don't understand why people don't tip at fast foods either. Like, I f- feel like people, like, sometimes when I'll tip at a fast food restaurant, they'll look at me like, uh, like what are you doing? <laughs> but it's just like, okay, um, why is it deemed that a server at the keg uh, gets, like, tw- a $20 tip for a meal for two, but a person working at McDonald's shouldn't get a dollar, like, the, comparatively, a $2 tip for producing this, the same the same percentage of a tip based on the uh, amount that the meal is. Why shouldn't uh, a, a McDonald's worker, why is it, why do we, um, why is that looked down upon? Is it, like, it's still someone preparing your food for you. If you, I think it's like I think the way it's set up is good. Is that is that you should uh, tip higher for more expensive meals because less people eat those meals and it's more of a uh, it's more of a fine dining experience and not a casual uh, eating experience, right? And for a casual, you tip less, but they should get a tip from everyone. Like Tim Hortons coffee uh, ser- servers, if serving out that hot coffee, if everyone gave them, like, if you just got a coffee and you got to 25 cents minimum, okay, you should at least give them that. Give them a quarter. Because, <laughs> because like, you know, that they're, if you don't like it, well, fucking make make your own coffee, make your own fucking burger, and bring it and bring it into work. It's someone that's preparing your food for you, and I <coughs> and uh, I don't know why it's deemed that uh, uh, the keg is t- you have to tip, and at McDonald's it's optional, or at Tim Hortons it, it's optional. Now. This is something that I think uh, I think that we should uh, that we should consider. Like, you know, I just think like you know uh, that that's a that if you do, if you do not like tipping, uh, then why then why don't you just do it at home? If you don't like, uh, why do you pay so much for a beer when you go to the bar? It's convenient. It's con. It's like convenience and a respect fee. Like, uh, like so, you know, here, please don't fucking spit in my shit. Like, <laughs> at the at the very least, I think like um, it, it shouldn't be like you shouldn't have to give uh, give a Tim Hortons worker like fucking twenty dollars. No, like fucking ten dollars. No they're preparing a coffee you want a hot like i want a hot cup like i you know i don't want to just people need to be incentivized to do good work it's but it's it's part of a deeper problem and it's part of a canadian way of being that uh that needs to be fixed because you know when you go to the states and you have a wad of one dollar bills you tip people and you treat people good and then they treat you good and then that's it's incentivized it's incentivizes good behavior the number one reason why I am not working in uh, the casino industry right now is because in Canada, at all the places where you go, you have to share your tips. And why should I have to share my tips with somebody who's not doing as good a job as me? End of story. 
like that's the that's stupid and that's the one number one reason why like i love uh to deal poker and dealing poker is my thing i even thought about uh going to uh vegas to try and uh get get a job doing that there because it's financially when you're making the money that you should and you're getting paid uh and you're keeping your own tips it is very financially lucrative i don't understand why that but it's because the uh, government uh, controls the bureaucrats. They control how casinos operate. It's not the uh, it, it, it's not the people who actually own the casinos. Because I'm sure they understand that you know you get what you pay for, and uh, you're gonna and a better dealer is gonna pump out more hands per hour. He uh, you know he's gonna uh, he, he's gonna attract uh, uh, better crowds there because of because he's uh, they're getting they're having a better time because they're seeing more hands and it's just you know it, it just create creates a good cycle it creates a positive feedback loop that uh, that and to just to just mute mute everything what what is the point of trying if somebody who's not trying is getting paid the same as somebody who is trying and there's a way you can uh, use uh, the tips that people give to financially incentivize otherwise then what are you doing so that's the number one reason why I'm not uh, in that industry for sure because i loved uh doing what i what i was doing there i loved the uh, the game of poker but hey it didn't work out and now i have to now i wouldn't maybe i wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if uh that wasn't the case so you know you just kind of roll with roll with what life gives you you know don't try and don't try and fight it don't try and like uh be so stubborn where you're not willing to uh move if something else is providing you uh, a better opportunity you know don't put all your eggs in one basket because if you realize that basket uh that basket is cracked when <laughs> when you're inside when you're inside of it and you have a you know a long uh a long trot back to the village you're gonna be you're gonna want to have your eggs in a better basket that's all i that's all i'm saying and if it's any uh piece of advice that uh i would give to our younger listeners it's that it's uh to have many things that you can you can pivot you can pivot to because uh, because you know so much relies on uh things that are out of uh, out of our control and um you know getting deep getting knee deep into into uh the the environments of these things you can do for a living getting knee deep into them is where you're gonna uh find out if it's better for you in the long term or not um so that's always something you gotta you gotta keep in mind is that it, it ain't always what it seems and truly the only way to get a feel for something is to is to do it and already i could say about podcasting that this is going much better than uh a lot of the other things i like the freedom and the control uh, that i have and i don't feel like i have to um appease 
uh, an audience or a bar owner or a club um, or um, a host or or anybody. I can just I, I feel free to just do my own thing. So a lot of times, even me getting this knee deep into something, there's uh, a lot of red flags which would be coming up. But for for me right now uh that isn't happening and uh i feel good uh i feel good about doing this so that's it for now that's uh that's the uh that's a standard twa2k episode number two uh overall we're gonna have a sports report after i come back from a quick break so uh, if you're interested uh, in the sports report then stick around Eventually, I'm going to have that off on, uh, have that as a separate post. But I think for now, um, it kind of works all right doing it, uh, doing it in the two segments. So uh, at least for the meantime, I'm going to I'm going to keep it that way. So uh, if you're just here for uh, the regular TWA2K, then uh, see you. Have a good week, and uh, I'll talk to you next month. Over and out. All right, it's a TWA2K sports report. All right, everybody, here to wax poetic about uh, the sports topics that are uh, hot right now. Truth be told, it's a rather uh, dead time for uh, sports as, um, you know, we have the middle of the NBA in the middle of the NHL seasons and, uh, you know, it couldn't be more pointless. There's way too many games uh, in both the NBA and NHL that it renders basically everything up until like the last couple weeks absolutely pointless and um, I guess there's something to be said about um, <clears throat> about uh, making each game meaningful and that uh, the schedules uh, in both hockey and um, basketball are uh, are rendered meaningless by having so many different uh, having so many games that you need to play like you do you do not need to play 82 games to figure out which is the best team to uh, be the number one through eight seeds in uh, in both conferences uh, and I know that uh, the that opinion uh, will be muddled heavily because uh, uh, it would reduce the uh, amount of <clears throat> advertising revenue and uh, revenue from uh, the stations broadcasting the uh, sporting events. And I know it's kind of a uh, out there take to <clears throat> to have, but it also happens to be true. Uh, the beauty of the NFL is that they only have 16 games and you can't take a single game off. You can't, uh, you can't just chill. You, <laughs> you, it's now or never. And literally every single game matters and is meaningful for something. Even the last game of, uh, the regular season for like the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, even, uh, the fact that the, the thing that was so upsetting about about it, uh, what Peterson did there was that, uh, you know, he could have uh, tried to win and figured out a lot about Jalen Hurts in in that in 
just that one game uh, and see how he how he is reacting and responding. Washington is an uh, elite defense, and uh, uh, for him to uh, you know go up against go up against them and uh, figure out what he's all about, like is uh, is something that's important. To, it's important to figure out, and you just wasted an opportunity to uh, figure out what who Jalen Hurts is and how he reacts in uh, in very pivotal and meaningful situations. And that was the most egregious part about uh, uh, about what Peterson uh, uh, chose to do on that day like is really uh, is moving up uh, a couple spots in the draft really worth seeing if uh if hurts is your guy or not (laughs) you know like that's uh or at least giving him one opportunity to uh to shine and give you a reason now you're going into you just uh benched him okay let's play it out like this let's say he goes in uh beats uh beats uh the football team in a uh in in a convincing way that makes you think this kid can ball under pressure so you figure that out and you know you don't need to go get a quarterback right now right now what do you now now you don't know now you don't know if you need if you don't need to go get a quarterback or not if you don't need to spend that high uh draft capital on a quarterback or not and you, you could have figured it out, but you didn't. And all of that was uh, all of that what happened all that what happened with Philly was a symptom of whiffing on their past three years draft picks. Absolute fucking whiffing on their on their draft picks. And they wouldn't have needed to care so much about moving up a couple spots in the draft. If they had actually, actually had uh, better drafting results, and they could have avoided, but just because you could you could have drafted better doesn't mean you should um, <clears throat> doesn't mean you should do what you did and tank and uh, not figure out uh, uh, what Jalen Hurts is capable of, and it's just uh, it's just a wrong move. It's trying to overcompensate for uh, for prior mistakes, and I do not think it was the right thing, the right thing to do. All right, so. Uh, I want to take a quick huddle here. Let's huddle around. Huddle, huddle. Okay. All right, guys. When you say it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, I don't get it. Um, is fame supposed to be synonymous with great? Even people, while they're saying it, they they stutter and they barely can get it out because they're like, oh, wait, wait, what's the fun? I was like... It's the hall, uh, hall of Fame. It's like not the Hall of Very Good. You're saying it like <laughs> you're saying it like fame is synonymous with greatness. Fame is not synonymous with greatness, as we can clearly see by a quick perusal of uh, the Billboard uh, top charts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely the things that are uh, the most famous are not necessarily great, and uh, usually it's the complete opposite. So that's a that's a quick huddle up. I'm huddling with uh, with all you uh, uh, sports broadcasters and commentators. So stop saying it's the hall it's the hall of fame, not the hall of very good, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. 
if you're gonna say something that's kind of uh you know cutesy fucking phrasy here's what you say you say it's the hall of fame not the hall of tame right because that actually works it actually it actually makes sense within the the context of what you're trying to say you basically the phrase uh it's the hall of fame not the hall of very good basically disproves itself inside of the scene <laughs> so please you guys need to stop saying this you, you it makes jocks look more stupid than they need to be and well this is something to review since uh, our last um since uh, our last podcast our last sports report i'm uh, four figures richer thanks to sir uh tom brady in his uh, relentless pursuit at greatness. Uh, pretty happy with the results of that. I didn't end up hedging, so I was even more happy with that. Uh, just, uh, and even what I said about uh, the match kind of played out uh, according to what I felt. I felt like uh, Tampa's uh, D-line would be able to get the, the, the needed pressure against Mahomes and their defense uh, would uh, step up and uh, Brady Brady will do Brady like things and uh, yeah I felt I felt good about I felt good about that <laughs> I felt good about not taking the hedge about as good as you could possibly feel about uh, not taking a hedge and besides that the value wasn't really there for the hedge uh, anyways but <laughs> there's been times where the value hasn't been there but I've t- but I took the hedge like the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh again i had them at 20 to 1 again but i ended up hedging uh that time because you know you're up against fucking tom brady (laughs) now the thing uh i don't want to wax poetic too much about uh about brady everything that uh, i can say will already have been said uh about him and uh what he's done but um and i did a little bit in that prior episode but um, there's one thing that I think many people are overlooking, and um, that's the following: is that um, Brady helps his team by not over demanding money, and I think he would go to a, like if the, if all the cards are on the table, I think Brady would take less money to go to a better situation. <coughs> Excuse me. He would take less money to go to a better situation, uh, uh, and he and he would be willing to do that more than any other person. And hit the re- the realistic expectations he has for himself, uh, and um, is just outstanding. And that's going to be an underlooked thing where all these quarterbacks are demanding are um, signing these super huge deals. Well. That's coming at an expense. Like, will um, even like you noticed uh, with Mahomes. Like, okay, a lot of that was they weren't healthy at the time, but it's a lot of money to spend on a quarterback. And like Brady is Brady's taking discounts and winning fucking Lombardies. Okay, and so if you're if if you're if you're Rogers and Wilson, you need to take note about this because say you. You hack ten million dollars a year off of your contract, which is already huge, like thirty-five million, forty million. Hack ten million off that. With that ten million, you can get a guy like uh, ten million a year is Shaq Lawson. 
10 million a year is Logan Ryan. 10 million a year is Eric Kendricks. Having just one of those guys at 10 million a year, think about how how much that increases your probability of winning a Super Bowl cuz it does a lot. And Brady has a, a Brady has a deep understanding of this and a deep understanding about, okay, I'm taking a pay cut, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I got, uh, you know, I got Dean, I got uh, Barrett, I got uh, uh, Sue, I got Vita Vey, like I got these guys in the trenches that can fuck shit up and i got a defense that can that can that can hold that can hold it down right there that's like if you're rogers or wilson and your concern is winning lombardis for your legacy you need to look at it other than okay how much am i getting you need to have a different frame of mind saying uh except just saying okay where's where's the high where's a place that's gonna pay me the highest because even if they have everything in place that year you know that it might only be one year (laughs) and your window your window to win might have been there and even if you're saying um for the ten million you save, even if you pick up two five five million dollar players, two five million dollar players—that's Ed Oliver and Devin Bush. Aaron Rodgers, you're saying Green Bay Green Bay wouldn't have a better chance at winning if instead of you paying you getting thirty five million, you got twenty five million, and you had Ed Oliver and Devin Bush. You're saying you wouldn't have a better chance at winning. Get out of here. Get out of here. You would have a much better chance of winning with those two players. And. Uh, uh, Brady's greatness is directly tied to his uh, to not taking more than he needs, not taking more than he needs, and util- utilizing the the discount that he gives a team to buy the right assets, and that's why he got pissed with New England. That's why he got pissed with New England because they didn't have the fucking assets to show to show for uh, him taking him taking the pay cut. And he did with Tampa, and it fucking worked. And all these other QBs fucking take note. You want to be, you want to be a legend. You want to, you you want Lombardies, not Lum, uh, a Lombardi. Fucking take note. <laughs> and that's all I'll have to say on that. So, <laughs> uh, also since we've uh, uh, in the UFC in in the UFC world, um, man. Boy, did that Marquez guy, does he have, he has worse closing game than uh, Fernando Rodney, I think. <laughs> Man, boy, did he, boy, did he buggle that one up. Uh, he had that in the bag and then just, what was he thinking with, the, with that, uh, with that following, with that following tweet, man. It's like, uh, you know, I could understand, I'm not super attracted to Miley Cyrus, but I mean, I can understand if you are, but like. I think he is, but if you are, then why would you? Why would that be your response after she's saying, "Hey, what's up?" Like, you know, she's she's a huge star, and you're you're a you're a fighter on like you're you could be like any any fighter on a card, and she she just so happens to notice you, and that and that's your response, bro, bro. You have to have better closing game than that. Uh, that was that was unfortunate, um, but 
How about uh, how about uh, how about the Black Beast? Hey, how how about Derek Lewis, man? Like, um, <clears throat> and that was an incredible, incredible fight. That was an incredible performance. I was on Lewis, and I did not understand why the odds were the way they were. Lewis showed incredible development uh, through his way. And just because the record wasn't what it said it was, I thought that was a very bad valuation of, uh, of, <laughs> of what could have happened. I think people just blindly looked at the record. And I will say something about... Uh, about how that how that went for uh, Lewis versus uh, Blades. When Blades was going in for takedowns, and Lewis was cocking that uppercut and having that uppercut ready, this is what fighters are missing, or what strikers and boxers are missing from their game when they step into inside the octagon. Okay, they are missing that takedown defense you think lewis was punishing him for getting for coming down in there he was punishing him and that is what you have to do you cannot let them take you down and if they are going to take you down you have to make sure you have some sort of knee some sort of uppercut some sort of counter so that when they're going down when they're going down on you they might take you down but they're going to get hurt and that's what a lot of fighters are missing in their game right now is that uh, that pack a powerful like uh, uppercut or hook or uh, or knee and you know you do two of those it, even when so when he came in for the knockout he was coming in soft he was like he got tagged when when uh uh when when he went in for when he went in for a couple takedowns and lewis made him fucking pay and when he connected with and when he connected when he's coming he was coming in soft and lewis was able to time it up just right and he was out right then and there right then and there incredible performance uh incredible performance by black beast there by lewis that was uh that that was textbook as a striker, how to uh, how to um, mitigate uh, the wrestling disadvantage that that you have. That was textbook defense. So that 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 was good. That was interesting to watch so the fight so far. Um, you know, Usman, <coughs> Usman uh, crushing it. A lot of. Um, you know, not a lot of uh, really great matches, but uh, I think they're, it, you know, at the top of most divisions, it seems like uh, it's a little more competitive instead of just um, uh, one guy dominating, which is uh, always great. It's great. Um, it's it's better to watch that than when there's one guy who's just uh, sitting there just crushing uh, crushing everybody. It's nice to have parity. It's nice to have, uh, it's nice to like be able to say styles make fights and have it kind of play out like that instead of you know just watching uh somebody get dominated now uh the other thing uh we want i wanted to go over for the sports report this is going to be a shorter uh sports report since there's not much sports to report <laughs> um uh, so there's the um 
um the poker challenges that are happening lately uh negranu uh just finished up his matchup versus uh doug polk in which negranu lost but that was expected uh i did not have money on negranu or or polk i didn't i didn't really bet it i thought the uh value was kind of um kind of a little out of whack uh it should have been i think you should have had greater odds for um for for negranu and i wasn't really willing to lay that was a huge price to uh to lay for polk when you know negranu could have uh could have pulled it off actually and um i thought that um negranu's style and the way he was playing later in the match if he had done that all the way through that uh it would have been um it, it would have been uh, uh uh to his benefit but i thought he learned a lot through uh the the course of the match and uh started looking better and then maybe if he wasn't in such a such a hole from like the first half that uh, uh he could have uh he could have uh, uh back and made it sort uh made it a made a sort of galfont esque uh <laughs> comeback um but uh now so the uh i think like uh negranu carrying this over to the next match will definitely help him so after negranu um after negranu uh, lost i guess helmuth probably had money on him and uh was chirping uh negranu a little and negranu took exception to that and now i guess there's going to be a negranu versus helmuth uh um heads up uh x amount of hands uh kind of tournament challenge happening and uh doing a quick preview of it uh they're saying negranu would be minus 250 and helmuth plus 170 and uh, what do I think on that? I think uh, I think I'd be willing to lay with uh, Negranu uh, if um, if the price stays relatively the same or gets a little better. Uh, we'll see how the money comes in, and uh, if there's some money hammering Helmuth, which there very well could there very well could be. I think a lot of people uh, see Helmuth and having. Um, having uh, success in uh, heads heads up field will find uh, value in uh, will find value in uh, hammering Helmuth maybe it could get down to plus 150 Helmuth and uh, Negrano get like plus two 225 maybe closer to or sorry minus 225 uh, maybe closer to minus 200 range and I think that's a that would be a price I, I would be willing to lay uh, to take uh, Negranu. I think Negranu's um, I think what Negranu learned from the uh, Polk uh, will really help him in uh, in, in this match uh, versus Helmuth. And uh, you know, good on Negranu if he was willing to if that was was his plan in the end was like he was willing to uh, you know uh drag his name in in the shit for <laughs> because Paul, because he knew Polk was like uh so much better and then you know learn pick, learn what he needed to learn from that match and then uh start uh implementing uh uh GTO and uh other uh, uh, other strategies similarly to Polk in order to beat these other guys, you know, like Helmuth, Matasau, Esfandiari, etc. If he's willing to, uh, if he's willing to do that, then um, that'd be interesting. Uh, I think, uh, I think, um, 
I think Negranu might be able to might be able to. Uh, I, well, I think versus Helmuth, he should be able to uh, pull pull off. Like if you're playing uh, twenty thousand hands versus uh, versus Helmuth, who's a little bit of a firecracker at uh, the poker table, I would think that Negranu. Uh, uh, s- slow and steady will win. Will win the race uh, there versus ver- versus Helmuth, and uh, so I'll be looking. I'll be looking to bet that. Um, it's interesting. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they find a way to be able to um, show the whole cards in in these games, right? Like uh, you know, uh, I think uh, I think the, these matchups are interesting, but it's not like when. Uh, you're watching like WSOP or something and you know the whole cards I think there's it, it takes away a little bit uh, uh, I don't know of what we're used to and we're used to being so privileged where we were able to see the whole cards but uh, I think it would be a lot more popular if uh, if that were the case but regardless I, I mean having these super long matchups I don't think it really makes for a uh, good TV like um, on the over the internet like uh, it's okay I think it's a I think don't get me wrong I think it's a true test of of who's the better heads up player Um, I think that's like a good way to to measure it is playing you know 5,000 10,000 hands because it just um, the more hands you play uh, and commit to like the uh, the the less likely a result is uh, luck based. So um, that's it for now. That's it for the sports report. Uh, like I said, not much going on right now uh, in the sports world for for me to be able to report on. So uh, that's it. And uh, the re- regular episodes of TWA Two K listeners and sports reports listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, episode number two. And uh, we'll see you all again next month. Take care.